The Culture Pop Podcast is brought to you by the law offices of Jacob Imrani. Accident or injury, call Jacob Imrani, call Jacob. Hey, it's Mace. If you or a friend or loved one is injured in an accident, the first person you should call is my friend Jacob. When I did this, Jacob was great. He helped me by talking through the next steps, which really put my mind at ease. When you're injured in an accident, you got to have an expert. That's why you call Jacob, just like I did. Call Jacob, 844-24-JACOB. That's 844-24-JACOB. Or visit calljacob.com. Call Jacob. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Culture Pop Podcast. I'm Steve Mason, along with Sue Kalinsky. Sue Baloo, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, I'm actually leaving for New York tomorrow. I'm very excited. Oh, nice. Nice. And you're shooting more for your uh, documentary, right? Yep. Now, when you're in New York, do you go see a show? What do you What do? you do? I usually don't have time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm never really there for very long. I mean, I'm only going to be there. I'll be there for four days, but I'll be shooting probably three of them. And then, you know, I go to see my brother and I have friends that live there. So right, right. I, I, I mostly like to go to see a ball game, you know, if the Mets or Yankees that's are right. Time, that's right. I don't think that's going to happen. So I got some feedback on uh, our YouTube show. By the way, if you should go like our YouTube channel, just go to YouTube and search Culture Pop Podcast. And one of the questions is, why are you guys always looking down? Because there's a red light there that's like a camera. And then we're looking down and I tried to explain that, well, we're looking down because the guest is down on the screen. Um, and then I, we've got notes on, uh, on our computers. I'm assuming mm-hmm. you do too. So it, we have to look down and should we be playing more to that little green light right there? Well, what do you think? I mean, it's weird to play to the green light because we're talking to somebody. I know you want to look at them, although. Is looking at them looking at the green light or is looking at them looking at the box on the screen? Well, I'm looking at the green light right now. Yeah. And it's very awkward that I'm not looking at you. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. It is weird. So anyway, we're going to, this is the YouTube show where we look down a little bit. That's just, that's <laughs> we just. We don't look room. down. We don't frown upon. We don't look down. No, we don't not look down. down. We're not right. looking down on, on, on people, on our viewers. Yes. By doing this. It's just, you can't. You can't. You, you just can't. Look it at would, the it green would just change the whole light. dynamic of the interview because exactly. it would just, I wouldn't yeah. feel like I'm connecting. Uh, our guest today is a great one. Uh, David Rashi, who is one of the stars of uh, Succession, played uh, the very, very crusty executive Carl. Um, before we do that, I wanted to throw something at you. So this is interesting. Air New Zealand passengers will now have to step on a scale and be weighed before they set foot on a flight. Now, do you think this is a huge invasion of privacy or is this just a very smart safety move by Air New Zealand? I think it's a safety move. <laughs> I mean, no, really. I mean, do do you really think that Air New Zealand really gives a shit like personally about how much you weigh, you know? Right. Um, you know, they do they I'm trying to think if there's any other mode of travel I, I, I wonder if on small planes they do that. 
Yeah, I think they I do think it they, on. They do it on small planes, like private jets. They do yes. it. I think like right. there's an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I think where they do it, and somebody weighs too much, and they have to throw some bags off the plane. That kind of thing. But it just seems humiliating that, especially if you're a person who's carrying a few extra pounds, that you've got to step on this scale first, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it, it is humiliating. But you know what? If I'm a passenger on a plane, and it's determined, the safety of the flight is determined by the weight of people on the plane, luggage, carts, you know, food, everything. Um, you know, you got to just bite it. <laughs> you yeah. got to just take, take the, you know, the, the bullet and, and do it. See, when I'm uh, getting on a scale, uh, I always take my shoes off and my belt off and anything that weighs too much because I want to put up a good number. I wonder if they're allowing that. I Like when I go to the doctor and they're moving those those black things along the thing, I'm always like, well, wait a minute. If you're weighing me for real for my doctor, I want to take my shoes off. I want to take my belt off. I want to make sure I have the lightest weight possible. Does that make sense? Would I be able to do that on Air New Zealand? Well, you'd be doing it anyway, right? Because in order to get on a plane to go through, um, to go through, um, the metal Security. detector. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to take off your belt. You have to take off your shoes. You have to take off your jet. You have to take off a hat. Yes. You true. Have, you have to take off a jacket. Yeah. So, you know. And what about the person that throws down a big number? What about the person that throws down a big 350 or whatever? Aren't they embarrassed? And isn't New Zealand Air doing that to them? I, I think embarrassment kind of, you know, goes out the window when it comes to safety, <laughs> you know, um, look, you know, you know, I, I, what would be more humiliating is if flight attendant came by and slapped a sandwich out of your hand <laughs> or, or you, you, you went to order a pizza on the flight and they were like, uh, 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 <laughs> or you're, there's always that guy that sneaks. Sabaro onto the plane. <laughs> right. You know, right. The one that's so disgusting because you can smell the yeah. Sabaro all over the like that person, I think right. they can knock that tray yeah. off there. No, no smelly heroes on yeah, this flight. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, for uh, all of you who are flying Air New Zealand, good luck with your weight. All <laughs> right. Our guest today is one of the greatest character actors in the business. You know him from movies like United 93 and Burn After Reading and In the Loop, among so many other roles on TV and film. His latest project is co-starring In Succession, which has just wrapped up its run on HBO. David Rashi joins us. David, thank you so much for doing this, man. Really appreciate it. Not at all. My pleasure. So uh, I am a huge fan of the show. So is Sue. Congratulations. It's the television event of the year. Must be uh, really cool to be part of that. It is. It's a little uh, sort of an out-of-body experience, you know, because nobody knew, right? After the first uh, uh, after the first season, Jesse said, you know, David, you know, sorry, I, you haven't done that much to do this year, but you never know. Might be a second season. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And, so, and, and so it went. Yeah. So you mentioned first see, I was an early adopter to the show. I was there from the start, but the show picked up so much momentum leading up to the finale. And I just feel like everybody was watching it. And it almost became like a communal experience. We didn't we don't get many of those anymore. But did you pick up on that? Uh no, but I can see what you're saying. And uh, you know, what you remind me is I did this play one time with this guy. What was his name? 
uh, Roderick Cook, a Brit, and he would say, oh, no, he would say, um, what, is, uh, what time? Because we, we did a play. I don't know. He'd say, no, got to go MTM, Mary Tyler Moore. That was like, <laughs> you know, had to be there for the Mary Tyler Moore show. Uh, I guess that's true. Although, you know, in the end, you know, not that, not that many people have HBO. So you're talking about a very select group, right? Well, yeah, and I live in West Los Angeles, and I would imagine the show does gigantic ratings in in West LA. Maybe not as much as Joplin, Missouri, but still, right. uh, in in my world, it was a communal experience. Maybe that's the best way to describe it. I've never seen anything like it. I've never been involved in anything like it, and I've never seen anything like it. I would say, I mean, certainly um, in the last, well, let's see, the last. No, it's a long time. Even even since the third episode, there have been two at two articles at least in every major newspaper. There's two in the Times, two in the Guardian, two in the Washington Post. Different people, you know. And I said, and everybody's getting interviewed. They're they're interviewing the dust bunnies. <laughs> it really comes to the point where everything is her bag. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, it's really, yeah, it's, I've never, I've never heard of this, this kind of attention. And I, you know, part of it is, it, it just is for seemed to have, um, registered on so many levels, you know, on, on personal levels, uh, people who knew people, uh, on news levels, you know, we know about the Murdochs and we know about, uh, Jelaine Maxwell and her dad and all those people. And uh, we know all about the Trumps and we know what happened, uh, you know, on January the 6th. And so all that. And then we also know our own parents and we know people who have been abused and we see corruption. I don't know. I mean, I could go on and on, but it's this it's this stew, which uh, for some reason, uh, you know, go figure why I, you know, most of life, in my opinion is accident and chance. I don't mm. know if you that, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. No yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. Like, why am I on this show? Dumb luck. <laughs> Dumb luck. Why did I get such incredible lines to say? Luck. Dumb luck. I didn't choose them. I didn't write them. And yet I get the reflected glory. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's well, true. Yeah, I didn't write them. You know, I mean, yeah. any fool could have said those lines and been, you know, any other fool besides me. <laughs> Is what I meant. Well, I don't know. Uh, you're being very modest <laughs> about you being oh, a fool. Listen, you, you, know, <laughs> you look around, right? You know, I mean, uh, it's a total accident. And uh, why things go the way they go. This, I, I mean, the fact that this show happened to come now. And uh, I don't know if you read in the in the uh, Washington Post. Uh, no, in the Guardian. Uh, 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 George, uh, uh, Georgia Pritchett, who was one of the writers, wrote a very interesting article about how at the very beginning they weren't sure whether the writers weren't sure whether a show like this written about by a bunch of Brits, and it is, I mean, you know, 80 percent uh, about Americans would be of any interest to anybody. Right. Hmm. And, yeah. if, and and Jesse wrote it also, if you look, if you're interested in the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, he wrote a very interesting article. He wrote it um, about the beginnings in The Guardian. Did you read that? No, I didn't see it. Okay. <clears throat> well, you should look that up because it'll show you how this show was no accident. They went through 30 drafts. 50 wow. drafts. Some, wow. of the, some of the shows go through 30 drafts 
that's how much work. Oh, it's just, uh, you know, it's just uh, the the sheer intellectual force afoot in this show. And everybody was overqualified, right? The AD was way overqualified for his job. Mm-hmm. You know, the set the set designer was way overqualified. You know, he could have been, a, he could have been, you know, curing cancer. You know, I mean, these people are so bright. And uh, and each were brilliant in their own way. Uh, Gregor, we had a uh, who was the the, the uh, camera number one. I mean, a lot of what you see and the reaction that you have is because Gregor uh, moves over. I mean, sometimes they tell him to, and sometimes they ask him to, and sometimes it's. But sometimes he'll go over, and then he'll go down, and then he'll he knows the script, so he'll zoom on a line or something. I mean. Everyone's contribution. Um, it's it's a constellation that uh, you know comes along around you know Haley's comet. Hmm. I, I would love to have you know seen or uh, read you know the evolution of of these scripts and all the changes because you know you talk to people and they're like, well, it's a comedy. Well, no, it's a drama. And it's like people say, oh, it's not really a comedy, and it's like, well, it is. It's like the most brilliant, comedic, nasty show i've ever ever seen yes and you know everybody talks about the um um uh echoes of shakespeare and that is certainly true you know uh, sometimes obviously true sometimes not so obviously true but um another way in which it uh echoes shakespeare is the use of language you know i mean they you know given any other show is like jim where are the keys i don't know i thought you had them no i put them on the desk oh Someone must have, no, none of that, none of that, none of the, none of, none of words as a conveyance for a plot. Yeah. Yeah. So the words were all an interesting in and of themselves and for themselves. Uh, I mean, I, I should have looked it up because I said this before to, in another situation, but I mean, how many words did Shakespeare invent? You know, and these guys had a ball. Inventing swear words and, you know, like I'll never forget, I did this movie was uh, with um, called uh, In the Loop, which oh, just I love that movie so good. Jesse wrote on. And what's his name says, fuck it, you bye. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's like, okay, somebody came together. That would be fun. Yes, what I remember about that movie is Mimi Kennedy with the uh, the bloody nose and how she was Whoa, trying to with her teeth. Uh, oh, with her teeth, with her, her teeth, teeth yeah. bleeding. Oh, what? So good. What? So for, good. I never. It's just. It's the same in this. You know these. I mean, look at one whole thing. Last season, one whole episode was that somebody had a UTI. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the world shook. <laughs> so how did it work with the scripts like did you get the full season four when you started shooting uh when you when you started reading were you as surprised as we were that it was tom that was going to be the big winner you asked two questions the first one was did you get all the scripts at the beginning and my response to that is are you kidding me hmm. oh my god no sometimes this stuff showed up the night before hmm. it was i mean you know, he works. Who was it said that? Oh, it was Scott Ferguson, who is a who is our one of our producers. He he had a friend who was the uh, producer for Borat, the Borat movies. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And he said that Sasha Barrett Cohen is best when the police are running up the stairs. <laughs> that's when he's funniest. And and uh, that's could be sort of the same for Jesse. 
you know, it's late at night. It's not coming. We don't have it. Where's episode six? I don't know. They said it would be coming. I don't know. I my apologies, blah, blah, blah. And it's brilliant. And I mean, and sometimes, and I've seen that, you know, I have to say there was one script, I don't even remember which it was, which I thought was sort of, um, I don't know, mediocre. And by the time it got to the shooting script, it was as brilliant as any of the rest. I mean, they're so smart. So they the are- second part of that question, because I did answer uh, or did ask a double barreled question there. When you were reading it, were you thinking, oh, yeah, it's going to be Tom? No, no, I never thought about it. For, for frankly, I never uh, I, I never did. I guess I thought that um, the, the last gesture of the last season of three. Yep. When Logan puts his hand on Tom's shoulder, that said a lot. I thought. Mm hmm. You think that, but if you think of the, if you think like these guys think, and in terms of the kinds of decisions they make, it's not going to be somebody easy like Shiver. It's going to be, and you know, the whole thing is tumbling down and can't get put together again, right? Humpty Dumpty is smashed, and everyone's going down because, I, and, and I showed you why in the first three seasons. Yeah, yeah. Right. Know, Sue, right. let me jump in and th- uh, throw some out there. So. This is this is the way people write and think about the show and made predictions. Uh, have you heard the Bill Wamsgans theory? Do you know this one? I have heard that. The unassisted no. triple play that he made in the World Series and the way he took out three executives the way he did. Is there any truth to that, do you think? I do not know, but I'll tell you this. Um, this is the only show that has ever been on television that has sent people scurrying to a john berryman poem <laughs> right right titles i mean are you kidding what you know we're all going what does that mean i don't know well it's from dream poem 29 what shit never read that don't remember that from college <laughs> and here we are coming through our uh norton's you know looking for uh dream whatever it was i don't know uh you know, he, he, I don't, if anyone would, would have that secret, it would be him. It would, he would have used something like that. It would be he, but I really don't know. I, I want to know what it's like to be on a Jesse Armstrong set. Like I've worked on, on sitcoms and I've, you know, worked on Sex in the City and, and, and I, I, you know, a, a lot of writing happened after the script was the final script appeared. So while you're shooting, there's a lot that changes. Yes. What what was it like on Succession? Well, they uh the way that he shot it was not that he was the first but uh uh I don't know was was it was Armando the first person to, I don't know. Uh maybe he did it in uh, the thick of it, but what he would do is when we did uh and they do this did the same thing on um on Succession. You would shoot out the script as written. I mean, as written. I mean, word for word. Everybody knew all the words, and you shot it exactly as. And then they would say, uh, uh, "All right, let's let's have a free one." And then you can do whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. You can walk out the door. It doesn't matter. And if you want another free one, they could conceivably do that for you too. Wow! So you have the best of both worlds. And uh, Armando said, "They say Armando over there. They don't say Armando." Like is this Armando Iannucci? Yes. He said that one of the reasons why he uh, did that was to raise the comfort level of the cast. 
that, you know, the, the ability to just, you know, pick up a thing and throw it or do whatever you want to do. You, you, you become more familiar with who you are and where you are by that kind of, uh, and he would let it roll. And a lot, a lot of times these guys would let it roll too. When the scene was over, the cameras would keep rolling and there could be some juicy tidbit might uh, appear. Nice. Nice. But yes. And uh, in answer to your, is to your, uh, uh, comment about sex in the city. Yes. And as a matter of fact, um, Butter My Bean Bowl was one of those. I believe the line I said, you know, well, Butter My Bean Bowl. One of them was, it used to be, uh, well, Flipperty Gibbet. And then uh, they said, try one, do, do, do Butter My Bean Bowl. All right. Well, and so that's the one that <laughs> survived. But there were so, always a lot of alternatives. Yeah. So I am, uh, I'm obligated to ask about Jeremy Strong. You had a great scene with Jeremy Strong where you sort of dressed him down. I think that was the Living Plus episode. And there's been a lot said about Jeremy and his acting style. And I, I think Brian Cox may have had a thing or two to say about it. What was it like working with him and, and doing that particular scene? He was completely normal. Completely <laughs> normal. Yes. Yeah. He had a good scene. It was a great scene. He knew it. I knew it. I mean, we knew it when we read it. Uh, that's where Georgia Pitchett, Pritchett and uh, Will, that was uh, theirs. Uh, uh, script and uh it was just you know there wasn't a word you wanted to change you know they it's not just the words it's the phrasing it's the pacing of the way these guys write and they know how it's going to be funny and how it's going to be interesting and uh so no we had a we had a great time it was we had a wonderful time doing it you know just the nature of the duplicitousness of of the characters and just the nastiness of, you know, how everybody treated one another. What, what was it like? Like when, when, you know, director says cut and you guys go off, you go to craft service or whatever. Um, do you, do you hang out? Do you talk? Do there's some actors kind of like stay in their own lane because they don't want to like ruin the feeling or momentum of, of what's going on in the scene? Yes. I'd say it varies from person to person and from day to day. You know, if you have a lot to do, uh, everybody knows it. I mean, um, there was one, uh, brilliant, uh, Kieran was just, I, I just was so taken by what he did. It was the one with the UTI where he had a, a, a UTI and, and he had a long phone call with the president, I think it was. It was very long and he just was brilliant every time he did it. And that day, everybody stayed away. You know, Kieran, everybody, you know, he had to go in the back and take his time. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of time for you know conversation and uh, and the the cast is was so uh, fun and funny and uh, prepared and Sarah Snook, need mm. I say? Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, just it's just well, I, I mean, all three of them: Jeremy Strong, Sarah Snook, Kieran Culkin, just amazing. And I, it's weird as I went back and watched it, I'm like. I don't think any, I can't imagine any other actors playing those roles. I mean, you know, I, and I constantly saw these, these three wounded kids who just never got love when they were growing up. And, and I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about? Well, uh, you know, I think the show got better. I think it developed and I don't mean, all I mean is that it got more comfortable. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a common thing, right? It, it takes a season or two to sort of fill your legs and stuff. And I mean, the first season was 
terrific, you know, and, and surprising. But I think as time went on, you know, the writers got to understand Kieran and Kieran got to understand what he was doing there. And I think that grew. I would say that I thought that grew until the end. And Sarah's, Sarah's always been like a fine, she's just a fine violin. She's a Stradivarius and she mm. played every note, right? I mean, w- one of the things that, that is never mentioned, about, oh, it's so funny actually, uh, about Sarah is her voice. She, you know, we have, you know, the, Ameri- the, the uh, t- uh, tonal range of Americans is like, right, right about there. That's about it. And she goes, oh, I didn't know daddy did And part of that's Australian. Uh, the funny thing about it is that when she was in drama school, some, I heard voice teachers said, darling, your voice, you will never become an actress. Your voice, darling. Wow. And that's the, to me, I don't know why I never, but nobody mentions it. It's like a, it's like a burbling brook. Huh. She's got, right? She's got a little laugh or something. Even when she said, even when her husband said, uh, her husband, her dad says something horrible to her. She says, well, dad, you know, she's got a little laugh in there comes in her. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Well, it's really the cadence of so many of the characters, too, and, and that's the, the writing, you know, yes. where there's like this kind of bit of a stutter step. So, uh, what? what? Like, uh, is that what you're really, you know, I yes. mean, it, and, and a lot of and, and you kind of I, I mean, I even saw it with um with Madsen, you know, who wasn't part of the family, yeah. you know, he kind of adopted that kind of rhythm as well. Yeah. No, they, they're, they're very careful with everything. Uh, and, uh, I'll go back to Jesse. I mean, uh, gee, I guess this last, I think probably more this last season. Um, he was there for the first take or second take of every scene. Yeah. I don't know how he does it. I don't know. And the funniest thing I said this before, but we were in, um, Zagreb. And uh, we were staying in this some wonderful hotel, the old oh god, what was it? The Grand Hotel of Zagreb. I don't know. There was the train from Turkey used to come and stuff, right? It's great. It was so so it's a great place. But um, here's uh, Jesse, and he's got you know all the um, edits of, of previous shows to watch. He's got all the dailies to watch. He's got the auditions to come in and choose people, all that kind of stuff. And I came into breakfast, and he was sitting there reading a book. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> you know, he was he didn't have black under his eyes. He wasn't like staring and smoking and drinking coffee. He's reading a book. He was wow. so <laughs> let me ask you for an interpretation. Okay. So when Tom and Shiv are in the back of the limo and he puts his hand out and she sort of lays her hand on top of his, yeah. what do you think that means? I think that was I th- the the two moments that I remember most from me that I don't know why but I do remember the most. The first one was when Connor says, "Oh, we we think it'll be it'll be good living on two coasts." <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right. It just broke my heart after all they'd been through. And remember the last little scene in the better one she says, "I won't leave you." Yes. And I believed her. (laughs) 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 That broke my heart. You could look on Connor's face of like, nothing is going to be good for me. It was, that was so, and the other one was that moment. And I will tell you my reaction when, when I didn't know it was going to come, 
And he says, you know, I'll got to drive you if you want to. And he gets in the car. She's there. He puts his hand out. She puts her hand on his. And I saw uh, a suicidal woman who lives the rest of her life with an oaf. Maybe they even have kids. Uh, but, but desperately, desperately unhappy. I think she died that day. She died inside and she's yeah. dead. Yeah, it was a very submissive yeah. move, putting yes. that hand on on top. Yeah, and, and just and just the way she put her hand there. <clears throat> excuse me, it wasn't like she held his hand. Like, okay, we're a team now. It was no. like, okay, I lost, and now this is my fate. Horrible, horrible. Uh, that's. I mean, I guess if there were any gesture from the whole show, I don't know. But what a deal, right? It wasn't a line. It was a one person did one thing and it took one second and it's like, it just will stay with me. Yeah. Yeah. Remarkable. remarkable. So Carl is obviously going to get a golden parachute. This is my, this is me thinking forward. Um, what do you think he does with the rest of his life? Like I, I see him on a golf cart every day. What, what do you, what do you think Carl winds up doing? I, well, it's going to either he's going to go back and, and, you know, I mean, they're all craven. And if Tom needs him, he'll hire him. I don't care what he does. Sure. He can call me a cunt all day, but (laughs) you know, know, if he needs the best, uh, COO in the, in the, uh, our CFO in the business, uh, it's me. And, uh, you know, I'll easily go back and, you know, fight another fight. If that doesn't work out, I think he's on his Greek island with his brother in law. And he is, you know, friends of Salman Rushdie and uh, Elon Musk and uh, <laughs> Clinton and, uh, you know, runs in those circles. You know, Milton, Mitt Romney. Sure. Yeah. All those, the, 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 the top of the top, that's where he's going to end up and socializing as a beautiful villa there. And that's what I think. Sounds like a nice life for Carl. And I hope it happens to me personally. you know i wanted to ask you in in you know in creating your in in creating your character a lot you know aside from what you know you knew about your character did did you ever sit down with with jesse and like did he ever say anything or give you something that made you say oh okay well i never i didn't see carl that way or or oh wow that is a great great note on on who this guy is yeah, I didn't talk to Jesse much about it. The first thing he said to me, because he hired me, I wasn't even in the script. He just hired me because he knew me. And uh, I don't think he quite knew how I was going to fit in the first season. I, I wasn't really part of the of the design. Um, but I showed up the very first day. Was the, it was not the pilot, the very first episode. And I said, who is this guy? And, he, and Jesse said, well, he's a shark. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, <laughs> I don't know why, but that meant a great deal. And so that is always in the back of my mind that that's what we're talking about here. And I think what happened is that our part of our, fun, well, everyone's function, except, I think every, everyone's function, except for the kids, was to illuminate the characters of the kids. That's why we were there. He wasn't interested. Jesse was not interested. He was interested in the family. He was interested in the dynamics of that family. And, um, you know, Carl gets caught sleeping with his best friend's wife and Logan has to get it. Not interested. Yep. That's right. not what the show is about. The show is, I mean, any other show could have done that. 
you know, and if we'd have gone for 10 years under other uh, supervision, we may have done that, you know, because it's, it's like, well, the goofy family, what'll happen next? This wasn't about the goofy family. What will happen next? This is about succession. That's the yeah. name of it. That's why he ended it. Because yeah, were you, were you okay with it ending after? I mean, obviously it's a great job. But from a narrative perspective, did you think, yeah, four four years? Brilliant. Brilliant. Third, to kill off your main character in the third episode? Yes. That is the greatest single act of courage I have ever seen in any showrunner, any writer. It's it's unbelievable. And to end on the end, I mean, it isn't done. Yeah. Yeah. it's just not done. And, and, uh, you know, no, uh, you know, I die Egypt, you know, no, you know, t- uh, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, uh, um, Rosebud. Oh no, he dies an igno, an ignominious, an ignoble death, a horrible death. He goes, uh, uh, something goes wrong. He falls down on the bathroom floor and dies. You know, it's like, no, none, none, of, none of this. Let's, what, what really happens when these things happen? That's what really happens. Uh, so I thought it was, it was terrific. And I think that, you know, I was just thinking about it. Uh, I don't know if this is true, but I'll make it up. Uh, you know, I told you the story about uh, Sasha Baron, uh, Baron Cohen, but, uh, you know, Jesse knew he had to come through with it. You know, this is it. And I wasn't really, I mean, after three, I got worried because I was worried about four. Because, you know, what could have happened is that people said, uh, terrible. God, God, they shouldn't have killed him. Oh, this show has really lost it. Oh, no, I'm never watching this again. Oh, contraire. Yeah. I mean, when three was over and four was completely different. Yep. Right. Totally different tone to, with all this kind of stuff with Tom. You know, you are, you, 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 you squarely, finally and squarely fucked. And that whole thing and all the comedy was right after this wrenching tragedy. I mean, nobody could talk after three. I couldn't. You just kind of sat there after having been taken on this crazy journey. Uh, so anyway, the answer is, I think that he was, that's, it's one of the brilliant strokes in television history. And I think that he ended it the way it had to end. And that is badly. You know, everything ended badly. I mean, Tom is just the worst human in the world. He's just <laughs> a <laughs> person. And if he wasn't a terrible person, he became a terrible person and you watched him become a terrible person. I don't think he was a terrible person at the beginning. He's kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and a, little a climber. Bit. Right. Yes, yes, definitely. Yes, and like the shiny things. Right. And, and no surprise that he, you know, connected with Greg because they were, were both peas in a pod. <laughs> I guess so. You know, I just so. just that desperation, right. you know, to be, yes. you know, at the top, you know, and to be in on everything. But Greg was such an easy, an easy prey. Yes. You know, in yes. life, just completely rake over the coals and, and uh, you know, humiliate and, uh, you know, uh, that, I think that was a lot of their relationship. But I thought the ending, uh, yeah, I thought the ending was 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 as as we now look back, inevitable. Yeah, right. So, so Succession is one of my five favorite uh, shows of all time uh, all, already. Um, and you were in another one of my top five of all time, and that is uh, Veep, which is so damn funny. 
what's it like being a character in an ensemble cast with really, really funny people like that? Well, you're talking about Julie Louis-Dreyfus, and uh, I, um, I remember one time, she is so incandescent. Hmm. She, first of all, she's a, a wonderful, kind, approachable, funny person. So it's all easy around her. But I remember one time she was entering, she was going through, there's a collection of people and I was supposed to say something like, you know, you'll be great tonight or I don't know what it was. But when she came down, I was so mesmerized by this woman walking down, smiling, saying hello to everybody that I forgot my lines. I forgot to talk. I just was like, I, I lost myself, which is interesting because that's what, what's his name? Um, Olivia used to say that, you know, never... What is this? Never lose yourself in another actor. Wait, I'm I'm really not that popular. Uh, <laughs> lose your, never lose yourself in another actor, and I did. I just I lost it. I they had to go back and do it again because I forgot to talk. Um, that's another another situation where everybody that was more of a comic situation, and uh, everybody was always trying to think of new lines. So. The number of alternates that you had on any given scene was like a hundred. Try when you say, you know, I don't know, it, 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 thousands of lines. Yeah, right. Yeah. And was that is that is that the the uh, the director or whoever? I guess maybe the writers. Yeah, they it, just like yell, like like shout things out because that that's how Judd Apatow works. You know, yes, he just yes. he just shouts stuff out at you like 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 you know, like one after another. They didn't, and you know, I'm not. They did sometimes. They did that. But I'm not always crazy about that particular style of directing. Um, only because, you know, you're trying to do something and somebody says, you know, try it more angry. What? I'm, you know, I'm trying to do a scene here. You <laughs> right. know, I, I don't, I don't enjoy that. I, but you're talking about throwing lines. I'm, 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 yeah, lines, not, 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 not style. But that is the new style of directing and it's not a lot of fun. Mm. It's usually, I mean, usually what you do is you do the scene and then somebody gives you a note, you'll do it again. I'm oh, fine. But, you know, they, they're yelling things on every line, which I don't enjoy. But that's not about succession. Uh, what, uh, well, yes, Veep, what are the others? Oh, well, uh, I, the other I, ones, I, I would say for, for me, The Wire. Yes. The Sopranos. Yeah. And Breaking Bad. Okay. All right. W what about for you? Five. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, Yo, you did really. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. Uh, Sid Caesar, this is your show shows. Ernie Kovacs, those number two. <laughs> but see, I'm really old, so those are those are the. But days. they are classics. They are classics. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, but I was there when they were just on, and um, I can still remember being all alone in my room in the in the family room with a tele black and white television, like eight o'clock at night in the dark on a Friday night or something. Nobody's around, and I'm watching. It's just me and Ernie Kovacs. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Oh, God, that was just, and same thing with show of shows. My goodness, Sid Caesar. He was so damn funny, all of them. Howard Morris. Oh, you know, and then, and Steve Allen, too, I have to say, with um, uh, Louis Nye and uh, all those guys. That was, that. those were heroes of mine. Right. Sue yeah. actually went back and watched the pilot for Sledgehammer to get ready for this. Well, that was sort of funny, right? Oh, my God. Well, I, I'm actually friendly with Alan Spencer. I know Alan a really, really long time, and he's a hysterical guy. Yeah. But I, I hadn't seen the show 
on, you know, the last time I saw the show was when the show was on the air in the eighties and God, it was funny. It was just, what a great character. And, you know, I think of like, cause I, I love silly, you know, like I love, you know, like get smart, you yeah. know, um, police Academy airplane, naked gun, you know, and it yeah. really, really was in that vein. Preceded all of those, mm-hmm. Not get mm-hmm. smart, but it preceded all the rest of those. And I think they borrowed from me. Um, they, uh, I think some sledgehammer, some of them hold up and some don't. This is my opinion. About yeah. Sledgehammer. Yeah. Some are, are, are just, but, but a lot of them still do hold up. And, yeah. Uh, very funny idea. Hey, uh, last question for you. Yes. You're shooting succession. Yes. At what point did you know, wow, this is magic? I guess, you know, uh, this season more than ever, because as I either said or didn't say, um, you know, there have been at least two articles uh, every day in every major newspaper on succession, right? There, you know, there, 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 I mean, it's just, it's, uh, you know, every possible angle is being, you know, Shakespeare, the big bag, uh, the clothes, rich, what do, what do rich people really wear? Uh, the language, Shakespeare. I mean, every, it's just, it's it, an endless, uh, 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 thing to look at through diff- different prisms. And I've never, I, oh, wait, I said that before. This is the beginning. I just, I've never seen that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think, I don't think anybody really knew until after it was all over just exactly how big it was. I don't wow. think anybody knew. Well, it is uh, it is an unbelievable show. Uh, you give a very memorable performance. We will all remember Carl without question. Uh, David, thank you so much for doing this, man. We really appreciate it. Not at all. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for having me. And there is David Rashi. Uh, wow. I mean, he mentioned... Two articles every day. I mean, I've read every speculative piece about what m- things might mean and where they came from and all that. Just just uh, down the rabbit hole on succession. It's so amazing. Yeah, you know, and he was talking about how Jesse Armstrong, he was saying like, you know, will Americans, will, will, will Americans grasp the fact that a British guy or, you know, team or whatever is, is writing a show about Americans? Yeah. And, I watch more British shows than I do American shows for the writing. Yeah, yeah. It's I just think uh, I just think that the British uh series have so much depth and the language and it's just a different animal. And and it's not to say that I don't think American shows are, you know, there are no good American shows. It's just on a whole different level to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they capture some of that and use it in succession, obviously, uh, with Jesse, who's a Brit. And as he mentioned, a lot of the writers are uh, are British. And I'm sort of watching the same stuff that you've been watching. for. I don't, I don't see a lot of British stuff. You do. But I, I'm sure that's partly where that depth comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, Well, there you have it. Uh, Succession. Great show. I would tell you to watch it, except chances are if you're listening to or watching this podcast, you already have seen it. Uh, Don't forget, you can subscribe to the Culture Pop podcast on Apple, Spotify, or check it out at SteveMason.com. And we're on uh, YouTube. 
You can go to youtube.com and search Culture Pop Podcast and see everything. The, the pictures are great. Uh, the, the words are one thing. The pictures, even better. Uh, <laughs> Sue, great to see you. Thanks a lot. And we will see everybody next time on the Culture Pop Podcast. Podcast.